are back. 367-1240, our phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the show. As we welcome back to it, Richard Bear, Bear's Garden Center. How are you doing, sir? Hey, Jeff. Good morning. I'm hot, but other than that. The plants are crying. They're, they're just screaming. <laughs> they, they really are. Yeah, I, I watered mine last night a little after sun's, well, it was after nine, but um, yeah, they just, you just know they're suffering. They really are, and uh, that's kind of the storyline for June. Is you know June it will be end up being a uh, record-setting uh, uh, temperature for the month of June. I think this will be the hottest June that we've ever seen, and it's just going to be how, how how much more hot it was. And part of that's because we didn't have many, much rain, which means no clouds, so nothing to kind of maybe uh, cool cool the ground and but. So it's certainly different, it, it, and it definitely was hot. It's not I'm, in a way. I'm kind of glad it's just not me getting old. It's getting hot. It's just it's just really really hot. Yeah, indeed. Um, anything to well, we're going to talk today about seeding, uh, grass seeding. But before I get, I'm going to kind of hit a few topics that that people have been coming into the store with. And uh, one is sooty mold on Creighton Road. We talk about it all the time. But that drench, there's a drench that you know Creighton Road get really tall, Jeff, and and it, you know 30, 40 feet tall and it's really uh 20 to 30 feet tall and it's really hard to uh spray them and uh and so the sooty mold as we we talked about in the past is actually a bug that eats under the leaves and then its droppings falls on the next leaves causing this sappy sticky substance and then once that sappy sticky substance stays on that leaf for a week or so, it turns black. And so everybody misdiagnosed and said, hey, it's a fungus because it's this black. But it's actually just a mildew of the, of the droppings. But there's a drench that you can just pull underneath the tree that works fantastic. And, is uh, it preventative? No. It, even it, after the fact? Even after the fact. And, um, and so uh, uh, and you just, just actually, it's not, like a, it's not like where you're going to the feeder roots around the perimeter, around the drip line of the tree. You're actually going where the trunk is, pouring the chemical in, basically pure. You can mix it with a little bit of water, but then after you pour it down, you water it in uh, at the base of the, at the trunk. And uh, very, very effective. It's great for hollies, uh, crate murders, really a lot of things that get these sucking uh, aphids and, and scale insects. And uh, usually it's, it's uh, a lot to see on gardenias and uh, camellias and, ho- and hollies that are waxy leaf, but it's really prominent on crepe myrtles. And, um, um, and, but you'll also see it on bigger trees, such as uh, 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 elms and things like that, where it just causes problem. And, uh, but anyway, it works really, really good. And, you know, in a sense, the drier it is, the better, because the ground isn't wet, so more of the chemical gets soaked, soaked in and you just water it in. So that works good. The other thing people are, are having problems with is uh, the setting of the flowers. And that's when temperatures start to give to get above 91, 92 degrees, the pollen many times will, will, will not actually do uh, pollinate. And so you, as a blossom set, you actually spray in the flowers, and that will set them in extreme temperatures. So that's one that's how you could – it's mostly using tomatoes, peppers, and eggplants. And um, so you want to be able to use that. And just one other note, uh, and, and this is just a visual note on, on my my behalf in terms of the, the the rainfall we got. When was the rainfall we got? That was maybe a week ago, Jeff? I'm, I'm trying to remember. 
Thursday, maybe. Maybe so. Maybe it was about a week later. Yeah, and and uh, we got a good rain, and I can tell you the flowers, and, and and maybe the vegetables, but especially the flowers, you could see the difference in growth. And I'm telling you, two to three times the growth within a three to four day window of after that rain. Uh, you know, I was looking at some of the flowers at my, my house, and, and you know how I talk about saying that, you know, watering in some instances is just survival when we water. And that's true. In other words, if you don't water your any plant, uh, but especially bedding plants and vegetables in this kind of heat and this kind of dry, they will die, okay? So just remember, when it, get, when it gets this hot and this dry, us watering is basically – just uh, stabilizing the plant and allowing it to live for another day, all right? And when we got that rain, it just made, I mean, the growth was three to four times uh, within a short window, and that's because it, the, 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 uh, the rain is saturating, but also because we get some clouds. And so the plant picks up more of it, but it's just more the uniformity of the moisture. Not only are the, uh, the plants getting water, but so are the trees. Uh, everything's just kind of happier, and, uh, and it just more, you know, it, there's more water for everything as opposed for just a plant. So kind of keep that in mind. And that's kind of when we talk about, you know, fertilization and people call in and, 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 and they come by and they say, oh, uh, my plants are doing this and that, and we say it's, a, it's, it's because of the drought. They say, oh, no, no, I, I can't be the drought because I'm watering every day. It's different. It's just different. Remember, watering is, in some cases, it is just survival. And for the last, you know, uh, four to five weeks, it has been survival because it's just been so hot. So, you know, I think we have a better chance of rain next week if we can get uh, a few days and not get these, uh, you know, gully washes, 8 to 10-inch range. It will make a big, big difference in terms of growth. Uh, kind of sticking with the vegetables, you can still plant seeds, but you know tomatoes and all that can be planted. But we're just starting on that when it comes to replanting the fall tomatoes, which you plant in the summer, they produce in the fall. Still a little early, we have them, but you know, you know, really, I generally tell people after the fourth, you know, so fourth, uh, the middle, end of July, early August is when you want to kind of get those in. So we got time on that. So if you're still making fruit, allow that to happen, keep it going, and. And, uh, and you should be fine. So today I bought in some packages of different grass seed, Jeff. And uh, grass seed or siding is one that you can do in the summertime. And uh, the reason that uh, it is a good time to do it, even though it's dry, is that uh, you will get a tremendous amount of growth out of it when the ground temperatures are warm and the, and the uh, uh, ambient temperatures are warm. So when it comes to uh, starting this, trying to get this as an early start with some things, it's not good. You try to plant these seeds too early in the spring. Uh, they don't die on you, but they just don't do anything. They don't sprout. Whereas right now, if you keep the moisture to it, uh, they will do great, and, and, and that was important. If you don't keep it wet enough, do they die, or do they just wait for rain? They just wait for rain. Okay. And, uh, and, and kind of the problem with that is, is that if, if you've got a big area to plant and all of a sudden you get this gully washer rain, yeah, they'll, they'll come up, but they may all come up in one spot. And <laughs> we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, how to prepare. So the, the main thing is before— One of the reasons, when I was uh, with the Parks District, we would usually put hay or something over that uh, right. in an effort that they don't blow away or, you know, blow out a bare spot or something mm-hmm. or wash it away, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and again, the, uh, the, the mulch will help hold moisture, so it'll actually allow it to come up. And remember, seeds, for the most part, don't need light to germinate. And I know y'all weren't putting a thick layer of mulch on top, no. but uh, uh, 
you know, to, to get these seeds to germinate, they just really need, when it comes to this seed, the, uh, the, the sod uh, grass seed, is they need moisture and they need warmth. And, and we got the warmth, and so and if you can supply the moisture, you better get up a – probably the quickest you can get these stands up, you know, in that. But the main thing you want to look out for uh, before you start is know what you want to plant. You know, what kind of – what kind of uh, – uh, grass do you want to plant and you know, and you know that's, that could be a multitude of questions but the first thing you want to know is do you have sunlight shade you know what is the uh, w- w- what kind of uh, sunlight are you getting and that's important because that's going to limit what you can plant right so uh, the next thing is do you want something that's going to be permanent most people do and uh, you know there's no grass that's going to stay green year round and uh, and so you, you want to look out for that and once kind of once kind of you made that choice, then you can go, start to get into more particulars on the type of grass you want. Now, the, the grass that we see around here, I, I would I really don't know, but I would have to say eighty percent, if not higher, of the of the lawns we have around here is St. Augustine. And St. Augustine is the is a wider leaf, uh, and it grows by rhizomes on top of the ground, and it's just a really pretty pretty grass. And it is a southern, deep south coastal grass because it really can't take a lot of cold. You start to get in North Louisiana and, uh, you know, Arkansas, it's, it's St. Augustine will be limited because it will freeze out in the wintertime. And so you don't see a lot of it. But so it's a coastal grass that performs really good, and it's lush, it's, and it's uh, green. And it stays green the longest. It won't go dormant really fast, and it grows thick. And uh, so that's the, that's the positives of, of uh, St. Augustine. One of the big negatives of St. Augustine is that uh, it, it doesn't germinate by seed. So I, got, I bought a bunch of bags of seed here. None of these are St. Augustine. If you ever see anybody selling St. Augustine by the seed, um, it's not a good thing. Because you, if you read the, the fine print, only about 10% germination is going to be. So you buy a five-pound bag, you get 10% germination. So, so usually it's sod? It, it's, it's sod or sprigs or something like that. It has to be the plant itself in some form. Mm. And, uh, and so that's a big negative because it costs more to, to do it. Uh, so and I would imagine at some point some grower is doing it by seed, but then they're taking a chance knowing that they'll only get 10% out. Yeah, no, actually they're doing it by sprigs. So instead of, instead of doing the seed, because the seed germination is so low, they're going to actually – Take got to start somewhere though. Well, sure, sure. Many, many moons ago, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> the good law did that. But what they've learned over the years is that, yes, oh yeah. I guess if you had no choice, you would seed it, get ten percent. But once you got that to grow and started to get enough, you then forget you, the seed, right? You and start sprigging, sprigging, and that's what what it, what has happened over the many, many decades uh, of. So, so that's kind of the the negative. Uh, the positive, like I mentioned, is thick green. Hardy. One other big negative to St. Augustine as compared to some of the other ones, they're a little bit more uh, disease prone uh, when it comes to the brown passage. We talk about uh, about that a lot. A lot. And, uh, and so that's, that's one of them. And, but you still see mostly St. Augustine just because we are used to the look and we like the And it is different. As you travel further north, you won't see St. Augustine lawns. So it's unique. Gotcha. The second most popular one, and this one you can get by seed, is one called centipede. Uh, centipede grows basically almost identical to St. Aug in terms of by rhizome and on top of the ground and thick, okay? 
the, the biggest uh, visual difference is that it's a narrow leaf, so it's a little bit finer. So you don't get that lush uh, look to it, that softer look to it that you would with the St. Augustine. But they're very similar. You know, if you, if you start to mix St. Augustine and Centipede together, it is, you have to really get down there and start to look. One at one time of the year you can really see a big difference is in the fall. Centipede will go dormant much much earlier than uh, St. Augustine. So if you have a combination of centipede and uh, uh, St. Augustine lawn, that's an easy way to tell. You'll see the centipede go <laughs> dormant, and then the, the I'd uh, imagine that's a good argument not to do that. It, it is, but it's certainly. How about this? It's a good argument not to have both. Okay, yeah, that's what I mean. That, that's that's right. I mean. That's yeah. right. And. Uh, uh, but uh, some, some of the benefits of centipede is that it is a slower grower. So I guess by seed, when you do start, it does take a little bit longer for it to get established. However, because of that slow growth, you're going to cut it almost half the t- amount of time as you do with St. Aug. So much, much lower maintenance because of you're cutting it less and you have somewhat of a less problem with the brown patch. So centipede is definitely considered a lower-maintenance grass as compared to St. Augustine, uh, for sure. And the fact that you can plant it by seed allows some people to, uh, to maybe get a, get a lawn started much, much less costly. It might take a little bit while to do it, but much less costly. I always tell people when it comes to trying to starting a centipede lawn, okay, uh, you want to always plant areas that you can keep moist. Mm-hmm. Words, you don't want to plant 10,000 square feet and you say, man, I just can't do the whole thing, so I'm going I'm to maybe keep this area wet. Do it section by section. If you can, if you can keep 10,000 square feet and you prepare and you have the, the, the hoses and the sprinklers to keep it moist, that's fine. Uh, but you just want to make sure that you can keep it wet. Otherwise, do it section by section. The seed's not, not cheap, and uh, so you, you want to make sure when you, uh, when you do it, you do it right. Soil prep is also very important when it comes to seeding, okay? Obviously, it's important when it comes to sodding also. But when it comes to seeding, it's very important that uh, your, soil, your, your, your land is contoured uh, and, and the soil is, is, is really fine. You, you don't want to do it in a clumpy soil. Uh, you, you'll get, you won't get as good of seed germ. Uh, same thing is if, you, if you're doing it and you haven't tilled at all, What'll happen is kind of what we talked about. If you get a, if it's tilled and you just kind of rake it and you set the seed and you water and you get a hard rain, that that salt, that grass will move move uh, in on top of that ground much easier because the ground's hard, not tilled, not soft. It's, it won't go in the ground; it'll float on top. So soil preparation is important, contour is important, and you just want to make sure that. And look, all of this goes without saying, in, in my opinion, you, you don't want to do a soil test. You want to make sure you have good topsoil. Uh, you don't want to put it in clay soil. So topsoil, uh, you know, sandy loam topsoil is important, a good inch or two of this soil on top of the ground. And once you get it done and it's really fine, and a fine, fine soil is very important to get that seed to germinate because it holds the moisture. It's kind of like when you plant a tomato seed. Uh, if you go look at this, the soil that's in, sold in bags, what's the difference between the soil that says seed starter and the soil that is for potting? It's amongst other things, but the biggest one is real fine, and that's because it'll get good soil uh, to seed contact, 
and it'll come up much, much better. So you want to make sure it's contoured and the soil is really, really fine. And then, and then if it's dry like this, Jeff, and you have, you have laid out your ground, it's ready to plant, but it's dry. Uh, it's really important that you kind of wet that soil to get a little compaction. And the reason that is is that most grass seeds, and if you look at centipede and you look at Bermuda, they are really, really small seeds. I mean, uh, basically almost like sand. So if you put it uh, on a loose soil and you kind of rake it in, and it's about an eighth of an inch deep, and then you get a hard rain and it packs it another eighth, eighth of a quarter inch deep, it's too deep. So that's why you want to wet the ground first so it has, it's compacted and it's really tight. Then you broadcast your seed, and then you sort of rake it in, or depending on the size, you can, you can actually you know, uh, use a lawnmower with, with a, uh, a big rake. That will kind of bury it, but not so much bury it as it just get it, uh, get it into the soil, maybe an eighth of an inch. The, the general rule of thumb is that the size of a seed should be no more than twice the diameter of the seed depth of planting so these small seeds they don't need to be deep an eighth of an inch is plenty and uh, so if you get it if you get it and and then you plant it too deep then we get a hard rain on it it's going to put it too deep you get very little or no germination so it's it's technically it's not you just need to to kind of go through the process and make sure it's done correctly and then you broadcast the seed and then you start wetting how much do you wet you know that's hard to say jeff but i just i generally tell people you don't want to see that soil you know, when you know how it's obvious when the soil is dry, you want it to stay dark. So sometimes to get that seed up, you have to water it twice a day, in the mornings and then in the evenings. If you've got to water in the middle of the day, no problem. You just have to water it more. Uh, and, uh, and so that, that's kind of the, the general rule. And, and get the coverage that you want. In other words, uh, you know, every seed will have a different, you know, a different pound will cover a different amount of square, square feet. Make sure you, you're going by that guideline and not trying to skimp it to save cost, uh, you know, because otherwise you won't get the stand that you need. Uh, the next one besides uh, Centipede and St. Augustine is Bermuda. And Bermuda is a grass and is mainly done because it's a less expensive grass. It's a tough grass. I mean, it, 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 will, it won't get the brown patch. It's, uh, so it's tough, and it's a high-traffic uh, grass. So that's why you see it used so much in football fields, baseball fields, because it can take that, uh, you know, people running all over it a lot. And, uh, and, and from, so from that standpoint, it's a good, it's a hardy grass. Yeah, I, I, I know I've said this before in talking about Bermuda. When I had dogs and they'd run a, a, a common path along the fence line and that, uh, you'd see it become bare, right. then Bermuda would take in there exactly exactly bermuda will come up by natural you know yeah. but just regular bermuda and there are different types of bermuda uh, there's a common bermuda that you're talking about that you see mostly of that the the sugarcane farmers are always fighting to, to kill that and then there's the ones that were done for for lawns and like this one is a it's called panama bermuda it's more of a uh, prostrate it'll grow wider than it does grow taller which is what you want in the lawn and so it's kind of just uh uh, developed for that reason. Bermuda is also very drought tolerant. Uh, and so th- there's a lot of benefits to Bermuda. I guess the biggest negative to Bermuda is that it, it doesn't grow as thick. It's not as matty as centipede in St. Augustine. 
and then it is a higher maintenance in terms of uh, the amount of times you got to cut it. So you got to cut it to, to make it look good you know, every day, every other day. Otherwise, it's going to shoot, shoot these seed heads up very, very rapidly, and it won't it won't get as thick. And uh, so you know that's kind of the, the the drawback to it. But when it comes to a person who has a has just built a house, Jeff, and saying, "Man, I just I just need to get some grass out here." Bermuda is the go-to uh, thing. And then you can always come back and do the other ones in smaller segments later or do the front yard in St. Augustine or whatever. But you will get a good stand rather quickly and rather inexpensively when it comes to uh, Bermuda. So it is the one that people come in and say, look, i got a big area. I don't want to spend, you know, $1,000 doing it. You know, for a couple hundred bucks, you can get a good stand of good grass that will solve, that it will give you a good uniform look and uh, kind of hold your soil and, and, and make it look good. Very good. Then the last one, which we don't sell a lot of, Jeff, is one called zoysia. Zoysia is a, is a, 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 a very good grass, very lush grass. Uh, the biggest drawback to it is that it is a, it is a grass that you're going to have to dethatch rather a, a lot as opposed to any of the other ones we talked about. And what I mean by dethatching is that Zoysia down this far the south, as you start to go, uh, uh, you know, north of us, uh, much easier to do it because uh, it doesn't grow as rapidly. Down here, sometimes we don't get a, a frost or a freeze, so the, the lawns are green year-round. So they're growing year-round. When it comes to zoysia, that's not a good thing because the zoysia will just continue to grow. And basically, as the, the, the fast, the dead grass dies, it stays in there and it starts to mound upon itself, meaning that it, it's almost like a, a sponge at some point and then if you're not maintaining dethatching all that it'll get so thick it's almost impossible to cut it with a lawnmower because it's just you can't push the more it just sinks just like a sponge and so you, you know and, and then so the, the the biggest reason i sell this one is because it will it is more shade tolerant than any of the other ones bermuda needs a lot of sun saint augustine will tolerate some shade and centipede will tolerate some shade but zoysia will tolerate the shade the most. So if you're trying to, trying to, uh, you know, grow grass near an oak tree, and, and I hate to say it because sometimes it gets so dense that tolerance won't work. Uh, so you just kind of, kind of look at it and, and just kind of be open-minded about it. Say, man, how dense is the shade? And if it's really dense in your mind, none of these grass seeds will work. You know, so shade tolerance is is the with the tolerance being the operative word is the is the big issue when it comes to zoysia. But you can see, Jeff, if it's growing in the shade, maybe not growing as rapidly because of the shade and the competition, it won't thatch up as fast, and that's true. But I just don't want people to come in and say, look, I'm, I want I got this these three oak trees, nothing grows under these trees. You know, no, you're going to have to go, what we talked about last week, ground covers or something that's going to be different. But uh, just to let people know that it is a great time to plant lawns to plant seed even sod is a great time to do it as long as you can keep it wet you wouldn't want to put it in the ground any of this stuff in the ground if you can't keep it wet if you can it'll come up fast grow fast and and give you a give you a a good lawn relatively quickly if it's rated out correctly gotcha when it comes the last thing i want to mention about this when it comes to fertilization at this point, with the amount of rain we're getting, we don't recommend even using new lawn starter or something that's, that's developed just to develop root systems. 
We just say plant the seed, let it germinate. Once it's germinated and healthy and you know we are in the, in the middle of a good amount of rain, then you can put the fertilizer down. But normally you could say you'd mix the fertilizer with the seed. We don't recommend it for the reason I just stated. Anything else you want to share today? Jeff, that's it. I hope everybody has a, uh, a great and uh, safe 4th of July weekend. We will be closed uh, uh, Monday and Tuesday for the 4th, and we'll reopen July 5th. All right, man. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Jeff.